one. And we're off, dude. Hey, uh, what's up? Welcome to Recover Day of Podcast. Uh, this is a co-host, Kyle. Uh, I'm 50% of this podcast, and today 33.3%. And Repeating. I'm going to have our other co-host, Aaron, give a quick disclaimer before we introduce our guest. Mm, thanks. Thanks for that. That's Dis- right. Disclaim. Okay, well, we're, we have a guest today that I think got sober via 12-step group, so... Um, we want to ask him about that and some other stuff. So it's just we need to state that we're not affiliated with any 12-step groups. Uh, we're not spokespeople for any 12-step groups. And uh, the experience that the three of us are going to share is um, our experience. And um, so don't uh, we're not the 12-step group podcast or anything like that. Yep. We, don't, we don't want you to think that we speak for anything or anybody. We're just going to talk about our own experience. Yeah. Even though we're going to talk about the 12 steps. Probably some form loosely. Yeah. Yeah. Does that sound right to you? How's that sound? All right. Our guest today is Ty. He's been mentioned on the podcast before, not by name, but as my sponsor. So hopefully you're okay with me disclaiming that. Yeah. And (laughs) I don't know. Now, I'd be embarrassed. All the people that have been listening that have been like, Kyle's sort of fucked up. Now they're going to blame you. Correct. That's usually how it works. Yeah. I'm I'm just trying to get me freed up from being any blame and targeted onto yeah tie that's so, how you do it yeah when i was 20 and i couldn't get sober and every time i went and went drunk got drunk and whose fault was it i got a new sponsor every time yeah that's for sure yeah. <laughs> probably something they did yeah yeah <laughs> that wasn't funny. my lack of doing the steps yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i just needed a better sponsor oh that's good what's happening ty not too much so i'll get into kind of my initial story of how I ended up in a 12-step program or or at least how I um yeah like what I knew of getting sober even at all yeah um for me the biggest influence is is family in that uh my uncle John and uncle Dan were both alcoholic um and so just having those two as as influences so they were just sort of influential people in my life and one of which was sober and one of which wasn't and uh i kind of use that as sort of inspiration or just sort of new of 12-step programs based on what they had lived Mm -hmm. um but it wasn't I didn't really know. I just knew it was the worst place to go in your life. <laughs> yeah. It was mean. It meant you had failed. Right? Yeah, yeah. So what? Um, what brought you to that point in your life where you're like, "Oh shit, uh, this." I think this is what I got to do. Apparently, I failed, and now I have to go to the worst place ever. <laughs> like what? Like like? How did you get to the one place you knew not to go? <laughs> so. This was I, I share this sometimes. Um, well, it was basically my mommy called AA, <laughs> 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 I was screaming hysterically like he's a, he's he can't stop. Um, so my mother called the twelve step program and and uh, that was after I had uh, tried to jerk away from her my glass of quote water. Um, <laughs> And she became hysterical and like, it was just a mess of a day um, where all hell had broken loose and uh, um, 
my parents were there, my wife was there, and I was just completely drunk. And uh, after she called, um, I did agree to speak to the person and ended up talking to this guy, Mike, and uh, he agreed to meet me the next day, and I was ready to meet him. So Yeah. Now, it w- was Mike part of, what are we calling it, Orthodox? AA. Orthodox AA. Was, that, was he part of that, or how did you get plugged in? Because one thing I have always found fascinating about you is where you kind of got and stayed sober was with a pretty orthodox thumper group. Well, Mike was part of, um, I think it was called Denver Young Peoples, even though I was kind of old for the crowd because I was 29 because there was a lot of uh, college kids because it was based around DU. But um, he he wasn't, he was kind of orthodox in that he was in the the, the Dom P heritage. And so... Um, I remember, I don't, I think I was around 12 steps, but he, they had some sort of, um, uh, they called it a group inventory and Don actually held it, but I was so new that I was like, I'm not going to that, that that's not part of the minimum requirements for <laughs> yeah. attendance, so I I, so I missed out on that, but yeah. I just was wondering, do you remember what Mike, would you remember what Mike told, did, was he just like, hey, come to a meeting with me, or did, you, did he tell you anything about the fellowship? I'm just wondering if you remember any specifics of that, of like what you thought, because I, I don't know, what I see in, um, and even myself have had ideas of what I thought a 12-step program must be, and then what it actually is. And I'm just wondering if you had this idea of what it was and then maybe met with Mike or was it just as terrible as you always had imagined it would be? Oh, the first meeting. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. Um, <laughs> it was just sort of like, oh, yep, I've, I've entered failure <laughs> full blown. Um, he, he made it decent in that he picked me up and drove me down and, and it was a long ride like probably an hour away. I, I did, I remember thinking like, wow, that's pretty nice of this guy to drive, to like come an hour out of his way and mm-hmm. pick my ass up yeah. and, and then take me down to this meeting. And um, where's that audio? Oh, well, anyways. Uh, might be the neighbors. I'm going to go close the windows. Okay. So tell us about Mike. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> So anyways, he was, the most thing I got out of it was that he was very, uh, he was talking about drinking quite a bit and just sort of attempting to get me to open up Mm. and just get me to say something because I was just kind of in the car, just not wanting to be there. Yeah. Sort of kind of having that sense of, like what have I gotten in myself into now? Like I, this is this is just as bad as it was yesterday, except I'm not drinking. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so what uh, what happened between that initial thing and you 
getting into the work, participating in the 12 steps? Like what was there a long period of time? Was it like, oh, I went to a couple of meetings and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm, I bought in? Or like what transpired to kind of push you into like, well, I guess I got to kind of do this thing what was, all the way. Yeah, what was kind of crazy is I was actually trying to do it. Mm-hmm. I remember I lost a backpack full of um, four-step four notes that I had written out because I had gotten out, gotten drunk. Um, and then I was like, oh man, I wrote all that stuff down and then someone is reading it sadly. <laughs> but yeah. I, at, that, at that point I didn't care. I remember having thoughts of like, it's the summer and it's so hot. Like how can anybody get summer, get sober in the summer? Yeah. Um, and really it was just this constant slip for somewhere between about June till December of just train wreck slipping. Yeah. I like puppies. Yeah, Aaron's dogs are basically a reoccurring guest every episode in our podcast in some form or another. I got a really good start on a podcast studio one day, and then I have yet to get back at it. That's more of a wintertime project, man. It's summertime. Yeah, it's too hot. Yeah, yeah, just like we were talking about. Yeah, How is right. anyone going to build a podcast studio when it's so hot? I got all this yard work and, you know, the stuff and the like and whatever and whatnot. Yeah. So then you you went on a, you said a re- reoccurring thing from, from for like nine months, was it? Like six uh, months, yeah. Yeah. And then after that, like, is when you... Oh, so I, I've been doing the steps over and over again, but I, I can't get sober long enough. Okay to get it to like stick or to get far enough through the work. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Because, yeah, I remember being halfway through a four-step. Yeah, it felt like I was getting far along, but I was just, it it didn't matter what I did because I was just going to drink. And so then came the day in December where I was in... uh, detox and and i think i tried to call my wife and my mother-in-law and a couple different people to come get me and nobody would or i can't remember if they even answered but they weren't willing to do anything or they won't answer the phone but then i got my brother and i just he picked me up he i cried kind of the whole way like i just can't stop i just can't stop and i i vaguely remember i might have gotten a pint or something but i just remember the next day was the day i got sober and my friend willie came over and poured everything out uh who i had met in the rooms so was he part of that group the orthodox group where he was just a buddy uh he was just a buddy from a different group yeah and he just but that dude really yeah have you i'm just curious like um was there anything specific about that time that you can pinpoint or that's just that's just when you were able to get through the work like what was there anything different than all of the because I'm I think sometimes um, I've been um, sincere and earnest in my attempt to quit but that didn't that earnestness doesn't really ma- you know make a difference all the time I was just wondering if like there it was just what was different if there was anything different about this attempt versus the previous however many there were 
I always felt that it it wasn't different. Yeah. It really didn't like I was just I did feel just as helpless and hopeless that like okay, I'm I'm going back in and it's not going to work again. Yeah. And but I don't have any other Right. I don't have another plan in place. Right. I, I guess, yeah, that's one thing. Like, I really couldn't think of. I had, I wasn't entertaining a lot of ideas at that point. I was really uh, feeling this sense of like, I got no shot of ever being sober or dry or even. I'd be like, that'd be great. <laughs> Just not drinking yet. Uh, so eventually you get into the work. When you went to that group, I know you've joked with me before that they kind of try to convince you not to stay as opposed to some fellowships where it's like, we welcome everybody, come in, come be a part. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, you, at like, at that Orthodox place, they almost wanted to like, Oh, are you sure you even need to be, you know, like it was almost like the opposite effect from the sounds of it. Yeah, so in, in, in the Orthodox groups I was in, it felt like uh, the sense of challenging your first step was really important. Mm-hmm. So it was question everything. Um, it was a sense of, you know, am I too young? Am I am I just crazy? Am I um, making too big of a deal out of this? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, can I just pull my head out of my ass? You know, yeah. really, really look at like, uh trying to push yourself to that to the spot of like yeah i'm not an alcoholic mm-hmm. i'm fine and kind of push to that edge and then just kind of just sense that tension of like if you if you start feeling like that and then cross it with reality it's it's really frightening <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to think that to to really think about a first step and obsess about a first step it's um yeah it, it, it's right it's like almost pushing yourself to the edge of drinking again and it it makes me extremely uncomfortable um and but it it, it when when it sort of fades, it's sort of a realization of, oh, yeah, I am this. And there's no outthinking, no outsmarting, no. Uh, it's just a, a, a gut level admission of, oh, yeah, I'm like these people. Yeah. I'm an alcoholic, almost without words, though. Yeah. Like just the realization, I don't have another move on the chessboard, essentially. Like, oh, this isn't going to be, I can't do this. It's like, I'm just doomed essentially <laughs> yeah but then relive it in sobriety kind of try to try to relive that first step experience of mm. i have nothing that i'm nothing without god yeah um when you were going through the work was your experience one that you could like um, start to notice your thought process and your perspective uh, change as you were going through it, or what? Or did you did you feel any more sane, or did you just um, 
feel the same as you were going through it. And then all of a sudden you were through it. And, you know, like I was wondering, cause I just remember the, when I went through the work the first time when I really actually did it, I remember, um, I was at work and I was dealing with somebody that I had to deal with occasionally. And I, I, I was always annoyed because they would slow me down. And so I was having a conversation with them and, um, and she she said something, and my internal thought process was not of being annoyed, but being uh, empathetic to what she was happening. And I remember going out and leaving that and being a little taken back because those kinds of thoughts just didn't occur to me. And I'm wondering if you had anything like that or if you just like went through it and now I'm done with these and now what do I do kind of an experience. I just was wondering what your experience was as you were going through. I would say the first time through, I don't know. It, it just was so, it's just kind of a blur to me. Yeah. I, I, I know the second time it was more um, the relationship with alcohol that struck me that um, I've, and I take this from the bu- a book, <laughs> that I remember telling someone I feel safe and protected. That was the day that I, it kind of all of a sudden hit me that I don't have to drink. Yeah. And, and this was maybe a year and a half later. So oh, really? I, I didn't really, or this might've been, yeah, I think it was a year and a half, somewhere around that range where the sense of, and it wasn't about interpersonal relationships. It wasn't about, it was my relationship with alcohol. Right. That really sort of, a, and in the meantime, like what you were talking about, a sense of, hey, I can communicate with other people a little more effectively. I can um, handle uh, my feelings more readily um, and and see the world in a different way. But I think this was the real sense of freedom um, from from drinking that 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 I I really did have a shot that I didn't have to do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I have experienced a lot of is usually when I when you and I are meeting, you usually have a lot of suggestions for me to read outside literature stuff. And that was one of the first suggestions you gave me when we started working together was like, maybe you should read some outside shit, dude, <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> and um, have you always had like a interest in, because like I could go to you at any time and be like, hey, dude, I'm looking for a some sort of a different kind of a take or perspective or a spiritual growth book or anything. And you've got answers on deck and things that you've found and like, have you always had that or has that come from like a lot of 11th step practice or where does that, cause I mean, and you're, you're one of the smartest dudes I know. So you retain a lot of information. So I'm just curious, has that kind of always been your deal as you've drifted towards that or is that from some 11th step work or something? Uh, that it, it, it's probably a combination like sure the 11th step, it encourages, you know, to, to look at, other spiritual practice. Um, 
But I think at its core, originally, I was just like, well, I like knowledge. Mm. So let's, let's just put more knowledge <laughs> on top. And I've, I've ripped that off from somebody talking about, I can't remember what, it was just sort of like, well, you know, I'm already brilliant. Um, <laughs> and, and now I don't drink anymore. So now I'm going to just pile on more brilliance (laughs) (laughs) and become an expert in this spiritual realm. Um, And so it's tempting, and and it was tempting to just get into, like, well, let's just add more knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, yeah, and as in most things in my experience in 12 Steps, is that my motives weren't holy, they were just sort of like, I know how to acquire knowledge. Right. Well, let's take spirituality, then we'll acquire knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so, but the kind of interesting thing about the knowledge I was acquiring was knowledge that was saying knowledge has no value. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So, <laughs> I love paradox, right. by the way. Yeah. Um, or as people call it, hypocrisy. <laughs> yeah, the spending all of your time gathering knowledge that's telling you this isn't going to do anything. Exactly. But then how did so you funny. go, how did you go, like what happened, like what happened between, because now, you, you know, I don't know, these days you don't seem like you're much interested in acquiring that knowledge anymore as much as you are. You seem to just put things in practice, you know, like uh-huh. really, really, I think the term probably that gets used is like you go with the flow, but really, I mean, you seem super present to the moment and um, you seem to be like okay with everything. And so that's a a spiritual practice. And like, I get stuck in this thing too, where I'm like, I want this, if I just knew, if I just knew how to do all of this stuff and if I just had all the information on all of these spiritual practices, Mm -hmm. then, then acquiring that information would make me a more spiritual being. And that's not what happens. I have to, like live and and do shit and i'm just wondering like where what what how did you go from or it i don't know how i'm trying to formulate this question but where was the realization before between like um gaining all this spiritual knowledge and then putting spiritual principles into practice does that make sense or do you get still caught up into that because sometimes you you know we talk about that video you sent me and i was like god damn it ty now i'm gonna be all mind fucked for the next three days because of the stupid video you sent thanks oh the hederman one. Yeah, yeah but it's not the first time i think i don't know one time i was being all uh anyway ty sent me this nothing really mattress it was a it was a mattress with nothing really mattress spray paint on it it was stupid <laughs> <laughs> shit like that when I'm being all anyway so um, anyway so yeah the question was is like was it a thing where you just were like okay now I've got all, now I've got now I've had this experience and now my focus is um, you know gaining this information and then where did it go from then putting all of this stuff into practice until where you can be the guy that like yeah whatever I don't care well, it will or it won't. no, I still have to, well, I hate to say do because that's the whole thing. <laughs> like I'm not, the, and really the funny thing is it's probably uh, through a therapist, but 
he's kind of not really a therapist. It's one of those weird relationships that I pay for therapy, but half the time we talk about uh, how the universe is structured. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's not quite... It's pay for a friend. <laughs> but anyways... Buy a buddy. <laughs> he, he, he helped me. He helped me profoundly with the concept of that culturally in... And I, I think worldwide, and especially in the United States, um, falling into doing that I need to do, I need to become, I need to arrive... I need to apply my will. Um, and the, the, the flip side of that coin is the sense of what, what, what I was not taught and what I don't think the culture helps a lot of us with as a whole is the f- fact that just to be. Mm-hmm. And so I think... Part of it was just trying to really say, you know what? I'm going to focus on being. Like just being, just whatever that is, that essence of just being is is really what if I start going on a tear, if I would want to change, you know, when I want to play God, is like how to revamp the entire elementary school system and how kids interact with adults and what we're taught and how our society is structured to really emphasize that you that each human being is has worth has power um within them and it's not it's not necessary to earn it and my whole life i felt a sense that that is not inherent that's not self-evident it is something to be earned and it wasn't like it's one of those goofy things like, well, that's not my parents' fault. That's just the, how the world, how our, how our culture is, that you come into, I saw a great one on uh, Alan Watts. Like he has a good voiceover, and it's with uh, South Park guys. They're the ones drawing a picture. It's a video on YouTube, and then Alan Watts kind of doing the voiceover, and it's like, that's to me sort of a synopsis of our culture is that you come into the world and it's like um and the end of the joke was kind of well you you go into kindergarten and and there's this thing you know and you're going to get it and and you know at kindergarten you're kind of taught well you know it's probably in in uh first grade when you graduate and you or now you graduate. I didn't. I guess back in our day, we didn't really graduate from kindergarten. No, you just went to the next grade back then. Yeah, now you get a whole graduation, and no, then it's, it's a like, big fucking deal. So something's coming, <laughs> and so the way they keep doing the, the way Watts talks about it is like it's coming, it's coming, this thing's coming. Like you're gonna get there, and then it's like, well, then so you go in second grade, and third grade, and fourth grade, and, second, and then then when you go to middle school, okay, it's coming, it's coming, this thing's coming, and. And then and then you go to high school and then you then then we put you in a, a university or something and then and then you could go to graduate school and then you then you could sell insurance and then he he the, the graphics are pretty beautiful where you're in like an office building and he's like and then you're forty years old and you hits you that 
you feel just the way you always did mm. and and now you open the bag and of of thinking you're going to arrive to this place of of like success or he goes success or god or uh you know peace and 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 really you're like i'm i'm still and that's why, you know, I think his theory is like, well, that's sort of a midlife crisis. Then you go, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I guess I blow it up now and start over. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, trying to just get away from that mindset of becoming and doing to and being okay with that you in and of yourself are sufficient mm. and is a profound thing to that I would say I'm still learning to fully concede that to like my innermost self that in and of myself i'm sufficient like mm -hmm. there's there's still that lurking thing that says oh but you need to do this and then that's better than what you were without doing that yeah <laughs> i think the majority of our early meetings were conversations around that of like i'm I'm going to arrive. That was the phrase we always use. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to arrive. Like, I'm going to get to this point where it all clicks. Everything's running full cylinder. And then then life is really going to be the way I, I, I think it should or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. then having the realization, like, that's just fantasy. It's just like all of this stuff that I, I end up spending countless hours and years of my life just doing all of this and not understanding the fact that, like, oh, yeah, I can... I'm good. I don't have to, like I can just do what I'm doing and be okay with what I'm doing and that's that's good. That was a huge thing for me because I've spent my whole life like not feeling good enough because I don't have this or that or I didn't do this right or I got to do this better or whatever and then just kind of being like, "Oh yeah, all of that is fucking fairy dust. <laughs> like it's not real, you know." Mm -hmm. It was I that's one of the most profound things I've had in the last couple of years is kind of even being open to that idea because I would never had that thought before you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's never even crossed my mind before that. Thanks, Ty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that, that was, was from an Orthodox guy. Cause I remember one of the first things he said to me and his first question was just, uh, do you have a job? And I said, yes. And he's like, oh, so you're an achiever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fact that you had a job qualified you as an achiever. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so I think for a lot of people, it's probably uh, a, a balance. <laughs> yeah, because you have a job. It's like, success. <laughs> yeah. I have arrived. Um, but for a lot of people, I think, the uh, most people I know, the tendency is I should be doing more. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so in a way, I'm usually trying people like, no, do less. Always. And <laughs> and this is... That's always more. the answer is do less. This is why Kyle calls me Kunu, yes. by the way. Yeah. If you've ever seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And Ty and I had this video clip shared with one another where... Um, um, where Jason Siegel yeah. is uh, trying to learn how to surf from Paul Rudd, and he keeps telling him to pop up, and every time he gets up, he keeps telling him he's got to do less. And then he pops up, and he keeps telling him to do less, and he finally he just lays there, and he's like, well, no, you got to do more than that. <laughs> now you're just laying there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
And uh, that combined with the surfing lesson that I'd had and uh, the very similar surfing lesson, they must have got it from somewhere. That's pretty much how it goes. And yeah. Anyway, his um, his his name's Chuck, but his Hawaiian name's Kunu, and that's anyway, why I call him yeah. Kunu. It's because he's like, you got to do less. You got to do less. So. <laughs> do less. Do less. I always tell Aaron. That. But like the thing about that is, it's like somewhere in our human makeup is this drive and this dire mm-hmm. desire to achieve. Yeah. Because I mean, at at some point, if somebody wouldn't have gotten up off the couch, you yeah. know, like so, like finding that balance between you know doing something and not just laying there, yeah. so you yeah. look like you're boogie boarding. <laughs> yeah. But popping up, like somewhere in there, is that weird balance where you know you do have a wife and you do have some children and mm-hmm. you do have some responsibilities. And now you've I saw in the paper you took on some civic responsibilities. Yeah. Cuckoo. Yeah. Like, yeah, but like somewhere in there is the, like, I have to get up and put clothes on and go to work or maybe you don't fuck. I don't know. But like you do. And then just being, do you like, uh, struggle to find your place in that gray area? Is that what it is? Or I'm not overthinking it at this point. That, that see, that's a good point. That's where there is, it, it is sort of this dance between too much, too little, what, what, yeah, because you're exactly right. I, I just think culturally we're taught that like laying on the couch is horrible or to just lay on the couch your whole life or live in your mom's basement is, and, and I'm almost like considering like maybe that's a good way to live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I want to put that as like, not a horrible way. I, I want to just open my mind to be like, that's not that bad. <laughs> like welfare is okay, guys. Yeah, this is how this happens because we'll be having that conversation with Ty about like this person in the rooms is doing it wrong and Ty'll be like, no, that's my favorite person. Yeah, <laughs> that happened to me. You're wrong, Ty. Yeah. You're wrong now. Yeah. <laughs> She's wrong. You're wrong. You're all wrong. Yeah. That's well, one thing I get out of Ty a lot is I'll talk to him and I have this perspective and every time afterwards I'm like, I don't even know where the fuck he gets this stuff, but he has a totally different perspective than what I'm seeing. Yeah. It's it awesome. seem like yeah. a crazy person. Like if you talked so to yourself good. out loud more, people might assume that you were crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and I I purposely do that. Like um, when I was talking about paradox, I think my favorite painting of all time is a picture of a pipe and below it it says this is not a pipe (laughs) in French and it's by Rene Magritte and he was also famous for um, the mystery of the world like the the, like there's just things in the world that we can't comprehend that there's just this underlying mystery and and that's the way it is and tough luck (laughs) (laughs) you'll never figure it out (laughs) you can't understand it yeah because i'm sitting here like well what is it if it's not a pipe then (laughs) that was my first thought is like well what is it so anything that speaks to that like the mattress or the, I can't even remember that one, but I, I, I kind of remember it now. This is, what was it? I was being, you know, like, what does it all matter? What's oh, it yeah, all yeah. for? And Nothing really just, mattress. Yeah. Oh, nothing really mattress. And yeah. had, there, was a, there was somebody like had stuck an old mattress in an alley and <laughs> spray painted nothing really mattress on it. 
And so when I was being, and you sent that one to me, and I'm like, thanks, you fucker. <laughs> but I just, oh, um, you're the, my, oh, go my, ahead. my point being, too, is that anything that breaks down the mind. So that, that I think, is a good indicator, because usually that is something that, that's kind of zen, um, is anything that kind of breaks down that logical mind thinking pattern that we seem to reward in our society. And I'm, a, and I'm a great example of, I'm very good at logical thinking and programming and, um, computers and organize or complicated systems. So I've been rewarded for having that skill and really it's a skill that, so, so the whole culture rewards that skill now. Um, and then the other skills are left behind around being uh, or music or softer skills mm-hmm. are just sort of overlooked. And I'm like, wow, man, we're really missing out if we just emphasize what I'm really good at. But I actually see, and it probably is I just the balance, is, is I, I'm so swung to one side. Like if you want to just say left brain, right brain, I'm so left brain that I need to practice my right brain needs practice Mm -hmm. yeah i've i'm pretty sure oh that's what it was we were talking about this was just a few weeks ago i think we were talking about the hole in the donut yeah and then you were like yeah i'm I'm working on being the hole in the donut (laughs) i was like what (laughs) What because like the whole connotation is like that's a negative person like it's not good are we just gonna be the hole in the donut like it's a bad thing and then you were like oh yeah i think i'm working on being the hole in the donut and like just like letting life unfold and not like being like living in your mom's basement or whatever you know like just that perspective and i was just like oh my god and you can't try to be the hole in the donut you can only be Be, the hole in the donut yeah Yeah. i'm with you (laughs) but but i never thought of it as a bad thing it's kind of funny yeah well and that's what you were saying and i was just like i've always perceived it as like oh yeah what am i going to be the hole in the donut as if like I'm nothing, and you're yeah. looking at it like that sounds great. Like that's what I'm really trying to be. And I was just like, God, man. Were you were you like this um, always? Like, did you growing up think about these things or like wonder, you know, if there was something behind the curtain, or did you just pretty much have blinders on in life until you had this spiritual experience, and then this other stuff? became opened up to you uh no so or i that was either or so there's no no as the answer unless Um, unless it was both i don't know (laughs) i think we're talking to the guy who probably says there is no wrong answer yeah 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 yeah. um no when i was 17 uh, i read a brief history of time i can't remember maybe 16 17 so I always wanted a new. I wanted to know, but yeah. I, I thought science was the religion. Yeah, because you were agnostic. Yeah, or no. yeah, I was. I don't know what I was. I was some sort of blur of probably God doesn't exist. Would have been my bet, but I would maybe hedge it. <laughs> <laughs> I would bet a couple out of the dollar I'd put. 20 cents on that. 20, 20 cents on a short <laughs> and 80 cents on a 
Bye. Okay. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> um, so you were asking, like, you were agnostic. The work kind of opened your mind? or I, I think I was already had a uh, a general open-mindedness, but I had closed it shut to that science was the answer. Oh, okay. And so, I, but I was very interested in, you know, um, reading how time works. I was thinking about majoring in astrophysics. Um, had an interest in philosophy. Uh, so those were probably, I, I, I basically I was already very inquisitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to discover, but I, I think what was interesting is I was, I was partitioned off into like, well, these are real scientists. Everyone else is like just goofballs. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not going with the goofballs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read the heavy scientific paper type stuff. And now you're head of the goofballs? Yeah, now I'd say like, man, if the crazier the notion. <laughs> yeah. church, if you're a spaghetti monster worshiper, I'm like, yeah. I guess... <laughs> That might work. Kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a good person to talk to to um, find balance for somebody that's been doing some hard charging. Because <laughs> 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 I remember last time, and I'm like, okay, and we're gonna we're gonna do this new we're gonna do this new people's meeting. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> we're gonna have it on on this night, and we're, it's gonna be a new people's meeting, but it's not gonna be you know it's not gonna be advertising news people. If we just get the right group of people to show up to this thing, and one of us pick a topic, and we control the meeting, then we can really have a am- lasting impact on the twelve step community in this plan. And you just started laughing, and you're like, you're gonna start another meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how did you not just buy into my spiel? <laughs> that was my best pitch. And you were like, you're going to start another meeting? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so that was a good time. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. um, so you and another gentleman that we all interact with, some have this phrase, uh, chop wood, carry water. What does that oh, yeah. come from? Oh, that's just the old Buddhist one. Yeah. And it's just a simple, like, well, the, the, the beauty of that one, I always found, was not just the phrase, but the whole story around, well, you know, what do you do prior to enlightenment? Well, you chop wood, carry water, and then the guy comes and yeah. he says, I'm enlightened now. And then the, the teacher says, well, what do you do now? Or the student asks, well, what do I do now that I'm enlightened? And everything's, you know, I've, I've reached it. And uh, and he says, "Well, you chop wood, carry water." <laughs> yeah. And so it's that, it's that nice, it's that nice, yeah. And that, that 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 I would say that's probably in my mind that's sort of a Zen colon of saying, you know, yep, you won, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like you figured it all out, yeah. and here and here's the the Reward. sort of the brain crack <laughs> yeah. that's like, you know. That's what I I like is anything that gets me, and that's why I like word game or word. When people miss save words or, and you have they have double meanings and and just just that life is messy and not precise and and things don't have to make sense and when those come up I find it just hilarious I just I just I'm thinking of at work there's a, a prank phone call of the guy. Uh, 
the guy answering the phone, he picked it up immediately, but it was like the the caller said, I'm looking for Dixie Normus. <laughs> and uh, the, the, the office worker just hung up, but then he called up the other lady and said, um, I'm looking for... Or I got an email from Ben Dover, and it's just like a really dumb joke. But but the funny part was then all of his friends in the background were laughing their butts off because they were like, "Dude, you just..." And then she tells him, "Hey, dude, you just just listen to what you're saying." <laughs> <laughs> but just anything like that, I just find uh, I like when when things I'm I've. Uh, until I got sober, I didn't appreciate things that didn't make sense. And now I find them sort of beautiful. That's crazy talk. <laughs> yeah, especially for you. Yeah. We got to get, we got to get, we got everything organized and conformed yeah. and boxed up and yeah. packaged neatly. Yeah. The tape even on both sides. Yeah. It's got to, you know. There's rules. This isn't no. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't no. That's right. This yeah. is not some free for all, dude. I, all the time, I'm thinking. Oh, that's. I think that all the time. I see somebody wandering around. You know, like you know, maybe down in their luck or whatever. And I'm like, there's a guy who's just unwilling to follow the rules. Oh. <laughs> there, huh. there are rules. If we just, if we just yeah, all follow yeah, them, yeah. everything's gonna be just fine. We're all, we're all gonna conform and to these societal norms and everything. Yeah. We, yeah. It's just that's just how it is. Yeah. Anyway, one time um, I I was listening to this. The our mutual friend had given me a CD. Um, the spiritual night, the dark. Um, I fuck it up. Anyway, dark night of soul. Yeah, and I call and I listened to that, and I remember calling up my cousin afterwards, and I was like, Amy, Amy, I figured it out, and she's like, Oh yeah, and I was like, Yeah. There's nothing to figure out. It's great. And I was so happy. And I was like, I can stop trying to figure it all out. It just is. And that lasted for about two days before I was like, no. That's <laughs> a peaceful place to be, though. I like being in that place. Yeah, it was. It really was. It was awesome, man. You talk about free floating. Yeah. You know, yeah. Not trying to figure it all out. That's like the Hederman thing I always say. Like you're what you're looking for. Yeah. The reason why you can't find it is because you're looking for it. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh. Oh, if I just stop, I'm probably okay. <laughs> yeah. the, the other thing about that, though, that was driving me crazy because he was like, you know, you can't try to get there. You can't, like, you know, force your way into that space. And, like, I had I had, I had, had experienced a couple of little, a couple-day reprieves, basically, from myself. Mm -hmm. And it was just, like, sort of experiencing what he was talking about, and I didn't do anything to get there. Well, one time I sort of thought I was going to have, a, like, a bit of a mental breakdown, and I was yeah. um, singing old next abby the song i'd made up to sort of get oh, me yeah. through the day and I like this story. then something just broke and i yeah. was just like oh this isn't even real none of this is none of this is even real yeah yeah and uh but i didn't really do anything to get there it just happened to me and so i'm listening to hederman and he's talking about this and i'm like yeah this is all great and he was like but you can't try to get there and i'm like but he's right so what's the point of even fucking listening to this <laughs> <laughs> that's where i always get yeah. i'm like he's like oh yeah you don't need to seek the moment you seek you're out of yeah. where you're supposed to be and i'm like well how did you get to that point without seeking <laughs> as soon as you put effort into it you've have failed <laughs> yeah. so what is the fucking point <laughs> so awesome uh so you also is it trung pa is that who you also tend to you've done a lot yeah, of yeah that that was kind of a while back yeah. i'm trying to think and and he probably keyed me in on 
Um, that yeah, because a lot of his influence was that that the Western culture uh, emphasized this this achievement and doing and and we're just really into that and so he was sort of yeah i guess in a in a strange way i would model because yeah he was known for crazy wisdom where it was and he would use shock his technique was to just shock people out like i remember hearing a story where he, (laughs) he met this guy was retelling it his name was mr wood and so when Trungpa meets him, he just keeps saying wood over and over again and, and like kind of reenacting wood, like knock on wood or, you know, and the guy's just like, seriously, this is, this is alignment. Like you just make fun of my name or talk about wood a lot when I, when you meet me. And so in a way that sort of speaks to it, that it's just sort of like, yeah, it's just, it's kind of a funny name and it was wood and that's that <laughs> that's your that's your spiritual giant for you and but, it's all a big joke yeah. and god's just up there laughing at all of us <laughs> and i don't know i it's not it's not i don't think of it as a joke i i do think of it as it's just a way that you can experience life mm-hmm. like you can choose you can choose to like you're talking about falling in line and if we just follow the rules, you know, and that, that, that's kind of what the system set up to, to do. Everyone just get in line and do what you're supposed to do. And if you fall out of the line, we kind of just say, well, you didn't, you didn't do what you're supposed to do, but to kind of expand what is acceptable behavior where, yeah, living in parents' basements is like, one of the ultimate professions in this new world order. Yeah, it's a perk of life. <laughs> it's beyond. Yeah. It's like the new physician or whatever. It's now, wow, he, he lives in his mom's basement, man. Dude, I wish I could get to that point. In this new world order, what's never going to still be acceptable is walking across the crosswalk when it says don't walk. There's a goddamn reason when it says walk, and there's a reason why I said don't walk. And messing that up. I'm just saying, like, if you just if you can't follow that one rule, your chances in life are just. I don't follow that rule bleak. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Megan always is like, "What are you doing?" It says, "Don't go." I'm like, "Come on, let's just go real quick." Well, I mean, if there's nobody around, yeah. But if you got traffic backed up for half a block because you can't walk at the right time, oh, wrong, wrong you know move. I mean? Yeah, eliminate. Yeah, I gotcha. Um. When their leisure time starts getting in the way of my work, it's a problem. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Pretty much when, when anything gets in the way of me trying to get my job done. Oh, oh yeah, because that has a direct impact on your... Yeah. yeah. I think they call that self-centered. Yeah, slightly. Selfish. A little bit. I'm only concerned with myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably where we get something about that. Thank you. Nailed it, dude. Mm. But that's a good. I I had a Indian friend that like from India, the country, and he would talk about uh, how we were so dumb as Americans because you know when you have a four way stop, especially in like rural communities, we stop even though there's no traffic, like there's mm. no cars for like forty yeah. miles, yeah. and we still stop. And he's yeah. like, "Why are you?" 
why are you guys so dumb? <laughs> <laughs> That's making Aaron's cringe, I can tell. <laughs> Who, you don't stop at a four-way. <laughs> because the sign says stop, yeah. duh. So in India, you just freaking go for it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Have you ever seen the traffic, traffic in India? I've never oh, yeah, personally yeah. been there, so. I haven't se- I've seen yeah. the tape video. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's a... It's beautiful. (laughs) Just like all free flowing. That's what Megan said when she was in Thailand. She was like, I can't even, I don't even know how to explain it. Everything's just like movement. Yeah. Like motorcycles are just cruising around and nobody stops for anything at all. And there's just, she got in an accident. Like she's like, it's just crazy. Like it's just beyond. But I'm like, yeah, that, that makes sense. If there's no structure, that's what happens. And it's people. They still get around. Shit still works. So there, I don't know. Yeah. There are rules, Donnie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're so funny. Yeah. Uh, do you, we're almost an hour in already. Do you have anything you want to ask before we wrap her up, dude? Um, no. I mean, we didn't really talk much about, but that's cool. I, that's, oh, the Orthodox stuff? Yeah. Um, but I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I think that. And we didn't really talk much even about the 12-step stuff, but that's okay, too. I mean, this just, I think sort of that's part of the stuff I was wanting to ask you. I think I asked you. Yeah. So. Yeah, most of. Yeah. Our, I just, our time isn't. Yeah. It would be nice to be a little more relaxed around those rules that I have, you know. I'm mm-hmm. just wondering, you know, because like you talk about yourself in early sobriety and here you talk about it and you were still a pretty big head case and full of questions and going to those senior members of your orthodox group and peppering with them, you know, peppering them with questions, you know, and like, but this doesn't make sense and whatever. And do you, does that sound accurate? I don't oh, know. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and I was so really like pushing it, trying to yeah, trying yeah. to get them to tell me the answer. Yeah. Yeah. And so so you went from like you know, from that to this guy that's like, yeah, I don't know. There is an answer. There isn't an answer. I don't know. It's whatever. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, like uh, the one, the thing that you remind me of the kind of person is, you know, like, you know, the, the, whatever the old Chinese proverb and then like, Oh, you know, you, the, the farmer that didn't have a horse and then he got yeah, a horse and they're yeah. like, Oh, that's great. You have a horse. And he's like, I don't know if it's good or if it's bad. I just yeah. know I used to. And now I do. And on and on and on. And the whole moral of the story is, well, I don't know if it's good or it's bad. And, you know, not really having to, place it just is right and like living in that state but you clearly were not that but you are that now so that's just you know 15 20 years of you know having these experiences and trying these new philosophies or thoughts out well and that's what's weird and it that's where it is action so it, it it is empathizing with people it is sitting with people it is you know trying to help people younger than me in sobriety. It is uh, prayer meditation. Um, and then, yeah, my different, my 400 different ways of practicing the 11th step, like um, just trying just different things all the time. And, and then it's like, well, what did it? Like that's where that gets into that. Well, which one was the secret sauce, you know? Yeah. And it's like, well. Tell me. tell me (laughs) there is there is a ton of value in getting off the couch and doing and putting yourself out in the world um but maybe with a little bit more or what i'm always focused on is a little more open mind of saying maybe the 
you know, I, yeah, I, I was just the flash that came to my mind is how many people that are down on their luck or down by the bus station, you know, that I wonder if there's a couple there that are just chopping wood, carrying water. And it's just like, oh, you don't, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, yeah, this is it. You guys are the, you guys are the sheep yeah. going, getting all pissed about like the stoplights and yeah. the traffic jams and. Yeah, chasing everything, and they're yeah. just living. Yeah. And they're just like, this is the life. I don't know. That just hit me. Hmm. Not nope. for Marty. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no way. I love it. Oh, God, the idea of trying to find someplace different to sleep every night of my goddamn life seems like torture. Now, that's torture. You want to that, torture me? That's true. That's hard. Yeah, yeah, Megan and I are watching the show Serengeti. Mm-hmm. It's like real life Lion King, dude. It's crazy. Yeah. It's really good, huh. and like they're they're real animals that are going on, but then they they give them names, and then they kind of follow them around through like a whole year or whatever. Oh. And so, like these lions, and then I would the observation I had was I was just like, this is their whole life. Like, what am I going to eat next? That's their whole life. They yeah. don't have to think about like money or what I'm going to do or do we move or they're just like, oh yeah, I just kind of just flow through life and I eat when I see it pray. I was like, what a simple life that is. And mine is so freaking confusing and convoluted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, that's freaking awesome. So There was a documentary on Netflix or Amazon Prime about um, following these guys that were living that train transient life, train mm-hmm. jumping life uh-huh. around. And uh, I watched for like 20 minutes and it was just giving me too much anxiety. <laughs> was like, it was, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they just, you know, nothing was, uh, everything was uh, temporary and it just seemed very exhausting. And they liked it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, for, for somebody like me, it seemed so exhausting. Anyway. I would agree. I like symmetry too. So I don't know. Yeah. Like All we're right. sitting in a very non Well, I guess we got a triangle going. So. Yeah. That's, a, that's not a bad shape. There's an imaginary circle around it, too. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, yeah, right on. Uh, thank you, Ty, for being a part of us and sitting here before us talking with us for an hour. Thank you very much. Recovered AF, AF Podcast at gmail.com. Recovered it. AF Podcast on Instagram. Nailed it. Kyle. That it? Pleasure. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Ty.